Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You have found the Shanty Pants Show. All the questions, the box you win To classify your life with the stroke of a pen Take those old rules, crumple them, throw them out We're burning that box right now Hello, Shani here. Although I am most often recognized for my ridiculously comedic fashion and makeup tutorials on my social medias, I also have a deeper side. I have been learning, growing, and recovering so much in the last couple years, and I'm thrilled to bring you along on my journey as I continue to break the mold that I've been living in for far too long. I am so fortunate to have the privilege of interviewing some movers and shakers who are encouraging my healing process through sharing their own stories. I'm honored to bring these stories to you all in hopes that you too can learn, grow, and heal, and also to remind us all that we are not alone. Welcome to the Shanty Pants Show. everyone, I'm Julie McFadden, also known as Hospice Nurse Julie on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you get your social media from. And I'm here today with you. And I can't wait. <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah. And I, I ran into Julie because, again, of social media, like I run into everyone. And but she had reposted one of Kayla videos on TikTok or Instagram. I don't remember which. Um, and Kayla was my very first podcast guest on the Shanty Pants show. And we have a background together. We knew, well, our families knew each other. We, we came from the same background. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so we were like in the same cult together. So <laughs> she was my uh, very first interview on the show. And then I saw Julie had reposted uh, one of her videos and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then I saw what you do. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is so much fun. So, I mean, that's terrible. It's so much fun, but it's good. For, you know, it's like, it's, it's fun in a good know. way. You're like, yeah. you didn't even flinch. But no, I was like, it is. Yeah, it's fun. Yes. This is great. And that's what I love so much about like 
the connection with you posting Kayla's video is Kayla's really in her journey, bringing kind of her hospice experience to her audience that she's building now and uh, or just kind of her story to everyone, which is why I wanted to get her on the podcast as soon as possible. And so anyway, it was just a very interesting connection. And then again, I got to kind of see what you do. And like you said, you're a hospice nurse. And I just find that whole world, again, I honestly had probably never even thought about this part of life uh, until Kayla situation. And so I was like, oh, wow, like this is a whole, this is part of life. You know, this is a very important part of education. I think that so many people are unaware of that Mm -hmm. is, is again, it's part of the end of our life and it's an experience and like Kayla has fun with it and, you know, it is what it is basically. And I love you educating people on it as well. And of course I like humor and I like, you can, you use humor, even though, um, you know, you're dealing with a very deep emotionally, um, charged situation because these people are in the ends of their life. And so I just want to hear a little bit about your experience with this job. How do you, how did you choose to go this direction uh, and kind of just hear more from you about it? Yeah, I love it. Well, just FYI, I love all of your um, social media stuff. I feel like Mm, you're so relatable. You're so funny. Uh, so I just wanted to say that first and, um, that's the only part of the podcast that I'm going to air right there. (laughs) Yeah. The end. (laughs) Uh, so I was, I've been a nurse for like 15 years. Most of my nursing was in the ICU, which is critical care, uh, where I learned a lot and I, you know, I'm glad I did my career the way I did, which was, even though it was like kind of torturing. So like the first, Mm. (laughs) I mean, I was like, I was like dead inside from nursing, like after two years, like after Uh. two years of ICU nursing, I was like, I've made the wrong choice. This is not for me. Like I had a whole plan. I was going to go back to school. I was going to get into anesthesia, you know, all of these things, more degrees. And then after two years of being in the ICU and nothing is wrong with the ICU. It just wasn't for me. Right. And it just killed me inside. It was like, I didn't know how to hurry up and care. I probably have a little bit of uh, anxiety and like, um, like OCD ish tendencies. So like the ICUs, I think some people would thrive in that area. And I was just like, it was too much like hurry up and care. I just had to like, Mm. you had to hurry. There was tons of tasks that needed to be done that kept people alive. So it's Mm. important. Right. 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 But like, there was not like that person. So it was hard for me to be like personable Mm. and do all these tasks that, that were timing. Like, and I'm big on time and that's a whole nother podcast like so like it just didn't work well with my personality and but I still but I still did it because I didn't know what else to do and you kind of get used to it and whatever right so I stayed stuck with it for like almost 10 years Mm. and by the end of those 10 years I was just like I feel like I was a really um well-versed nurse but I was just like this is her I can't keep doing this I'm gonna quit nursing I think and then instead of quitting nursing I was like well what do I want to do the ICU made me very interested in like we need to do this a better way we need to like talk about end of life if that is going to be happening not every patient dies in the ICU by any means but like we're definitely patients that lived by machines for way too long that we didn't have conversations earlier with the family about what was really happening and I felt like we were doing that person a disservice by keeping them alive like that. 
and doing that family a disservice by not having open conversations about what was really happening. And no one was trying to be dishonest. It was just like no one in no one knew how to bring it up, right? So there was a couple patients where I was finally the one who brought it up with the team being like, Hey, are we going to have a family meeting here? Like, why don't we start talking to the family openly about what we're all talking about? You know, we're openly talking to each other about this person not making it out of here. So why aren't we? And what I realized is I had a lot of power, not I, but like anyone does. It was like, it just took one person to speak up. And then it changed everything. So that got me into thinking about, well, there has to be a better way. What about hospice? Maybe that would be something interesting. So I switched into hospice, which was kind of a long time coming, but like short, long story short, I moved into hospice and um, that was probably like six years ago. Um, I'm getting my years mixed up. So I don't know, about six years ago. And, uh, and I've been there ever since. And I really loved it. I mean, it was a huge learning curve, huge learning curve, but I became very passionate about it. And now I like love my job. I love, I love nursing. I love hospice nursing. Um, so nurses out there, if you don't like where you are and you feel like you shouldn't be a nurse, maybe try to switch areas because thank God I did. I'm, I really love my job. I feel like very few people can say that mm. I would do it. I mean, I wouldn't, I would do it for free. I wouldn't do it full time for free, but I yeah. would, if I had all the money in the world, I still would hospice nurse oh. at least one or two days a week. That's, so amazing. Love it. That's great. Why yeah, don't that's you crazy. explain if you can, um, what hospice is? Cause I know there's probably a lot of people that are like, I don't even know what she's talking about. So yeah. explain to us what, and even for me, like, what is hospice? Yeah. So hospice is hospice is for the boring card, it's, it's a Medicare benefit. So you get it through Medicare. If you're not over 65, because many people aren't who are on hospice, your insurance will still cover it. So it's a free, a totally free program, but it's kind of like in its own little bubble. Once you kind of sign on to it, it's like you get all of the things that Medicare says you can get and kind of nothing else just to do the technical side of it. Right. It's like, we're going to give you all of this stuff for free, but you can't do any of this stuff, which is usually, which is usually treatment, scans, radiation, chemo, all the things so you're not supposed to be doing all those stuff. Yeah. It's supposed to be, we, we, you, we allow you to stay in your home. Some people go into like a hospice home where they go to a place, but uh, in America, a lot of times, um, I say America because um, I feel like outside of America, a lot of people go to ho- go to a hospice home. Okay. Where here, people can stay in their homes, okay. and we come to them. So um, um, it's definitely a, a program for life. I think people think it's for death, but to me, and I don't mean that in a cheesy way to make you feel better about it. I really mean that it, it's it's to help. We're usually aggressive with symptom management. So you can live out the rest of your life with a terminal illness until you die, right? And the whole point is so you can have your symptoms managed and do the things you want to do instead of spending day in and day out going to radiation appointments, chemo appointments, feeling sick from X, Y, and Z. And a lot of people really do come to life on hospice because we do a great job at managing their symptoms until they die. Right. And if they don't do that, it's usually, um, it's not, it's no one's fault, but I think in our culture, it's like, even with oncologists, which are cancer doctors, um, they wait too long to put people on hospice because it has such a bad rap. Oh, we're not ready for that yet. You know? And that's why I came, that's why I'm on social media trying to be like, listen, 
this is not, death is not the worst thing. You know, suffering, which is easy. And people think it is easy for me to say, but from what I've experienced, what I've witnessed, it's not the worst thing. Suffering is far worse. And hospice is a great program that helps you live your life until you die. And last thing I'll say about it is uh, if you are going to have hospice in your home, like if you're going to plan on being in your home, unfortunately, um, most of the work will fall on your family. So mm. hospice does not come in and stay with you 24 seven. That's your, unfortunately, I don't necessarily yeah. agree with that, but that's where we're at. The fa- it's like 80, 20, like 80% of it's going to be your family and friends taking care of you. And then we're going to do the 20% of like being available if you call us, but we're not going to be there 24 seven. So, and if your family can't do it, it's usually, um, you either go somewhere so that someone can take care of you or uh, you pay someone to come in and do it. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. I hate that part, but that's true. Right. Right. I know my um, aunt actually did that for an elderly woman who just recently passed away and um, like she was paid to come in and help, but she Mm -hmm. loved it. Like it was a great little job for her to come and do. And, um, the family, the family was there, I believe, but they worked like from home. And so they just needed someone to kind of like be with her and cook for her and that kind of stuff. So that was yeah. a neat experience for her. And I do, I love what you say again, cause I have very little, no experience with this. My only insight is from Kay. And like I said, she was the first one on my, uh, the very first podcast I ever did episode, but she, I have seen through her like, Oh wow. Like it is all about living, you know, it's, and like we talk, so she'll call me sometimes late at night to chit chat. And it is so neat to see her. And it's not like it's all, you know, lovely and roses or anything, but she does have such good moments of feeling really good of being able to get up and dance around a little bit of getting to go out. Even if it's her in her wheelchair, you know, she's able to experience a lot of these things pain-free. And like, I know she's always said, it's the first time since I was I think when she got really bad, she was like 14 that she's ever been pain-free in her life. And so she said, Mm -hmm. just that it's like, and she's going on, what is she going on seven, eight months now? And she's like, I'm pain-free. Like, and, and she's definitely, you know, progressing to where she's, she has more, you know, tough days, but for the most part, she's so happy with it. She's like, I wouldn't have been able to sit here and even do a puzzle before because I would have been in so much pain from whatever treatment or, you know, whatever it might be. So it is so neat to see that side of it, to see like, oh, this is how it works. And this is what it's for. It's not just like, oh, we're going to crawl into bed and pass away. It's yeah. truly like, what can I experience in my life? And she's got to do some fun things. She's got to go some basketball games and experience mm-hmm. some fun things that she wouldn't have probably been able to do otherwise. So it is neat to see that side of it. And then I know too, she gets a lot of criticism for it, which I'm sure you see this, mm-hmm. but where, why are you on hospice? You're fine. You, I know. how could you go to a basketball game and you're on hospice? That's weird. <laughs> you know? And, and I'm like, first of all, like, you know, people, it's like, really? Like, do you not have enough other things to worry about? But it's so sad. I'm like, let her live her life. Like, I Oh know. my gosh. But man, the judgment she gets from that. And that's just being on social media. I know. In How can you be on hospice? You're still around. Yeah. You're yeah. like, what? <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't you be dead by now? And yeah. it's shouldn't like, you be no. dead by now? That's not <laughs> no, that's, t- that just tells me how much you don't understand. Like right. people can live on hospice. You can be on hospice. I mean, you're usually not on hospice for years. Right. And right. if you, and if you are, they probably will start reevaluating 
if you should come off hospice. And guess what? You can come off and then come back on. Happens all the time. Um, but yeah, it's like we can be aggressive with pain management. Um, because if you're so here's a some people will be like, well, why can't you just do that would not be on hospice? Because of the society we live in and doctors are afraid. They're basically trying to save their own butts, which I don't really blame them. They don't want to give a young girl high dose narcotics uh, whenever she, you know, so there is like a fine line, but if we can be aggressive with pain management, let's go for it. And, and PS, there has been studies done with people with the same terminal illness who go on hospice and those who don't, and people who go on hospice tend to live longer. Uh, I think it's like 31 days longer. I mean, that's still not a long time, but like people think hospice kills you like actually clinically proven it. It doesn't, if anything, it makes you live longer. It's, it just proves how little is known about it in society. Like even like for someone like myself, I'm like, Oh, you're going to hospice. Like when she's told me that I literally thought it would be like under 30 days and she would be gone. Like I didn't, Mm -hmm. I had no clue when she was first telling me about it. I'm just like, okay, let's hurry and get you on the podcast. Like I, I thought it was like, there's this big sense of urgency and she was really sick originally, So, you know, the expectations I think were a little different and now like she's doing, or she has, you know, had some really good months out of it. So it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had no clue. I was just like, Oh, you know, she's dying. She's, you know, it's a matter of days and we're gone. So it is, it's interesting to me to become a little bit more educated about it, to follow people like you and see kind of, um, there's more to it. And I, I love bringing that awareness, Um, like people or seeing people like you bring that awareness or like Kay really showing like, this is what it can be, you know? And, and it's, I'm sure it's different so much. Yeah. It depends. Right. Yeah. Yeah, You know? Yes. And so many things are misunderstood too about like chronic illnesses. So there's like terminal, like Kay's like terminal chronic illnesses that kind of wax and wane and you're bad and then you're better, you know? And it's just so misunderstood. Those diseases specifically, I feel so bad because there's, they're, they're misunderstood, you know, and there's Mm. not many doctors that know how to treat them well. And you get, you, get all types of even from healthcare you get you're making things up it's not that bad I get you know it's right. it's horrendous it's horrific I yeah. can't imagine yeah you said you're it's like 2080 as far as family taking care of them but you still do you still come into homes and like do vitals and like that kind of stuff is there a kind of like a hospice schedule that you get on Totally. So I don't specifically, like there's different types of ways you can be a hospice nurse. How I do it personally for me, how I do it right now is I, I, I work per diem. So that means I kind of make my own schedule. So I mostly do admission work, which means the first visit is always this big, long visit of a lot of talking and signing paperwork and me setting up the house and doing a bunch of things. I love, I love doing that. So I do mostly that. Then there's case managers who are nurses as well, and they have a caseload uh, you know, let's say 15 patients. Right. And then you kind of set up with that family. Medicare says you have to visit at least once a week. So a minimum once a week, or it could be two times a week, three times a week, depending on what's going on. And then you also, we also have a 24 hour number. Every hospice should have this every single hospice. If they don't, they're not following Medicare guidelines. Um, and you're very closely monitored by Medicare. So you'll be shut down if you don't follow the guidelines. Um, oh, wow. okay. but I know it's, it's, that's a whole nother, that's like the worst part of the job. I think I like, I love, mm. it's like a love hate thing. Medicare is amazing. Yeah. Cause before hospice wasn't governed by Medicare and then they couldn't get anything. Right. But then the Medicare came in 
so it was like, great, we get all these resources, all these things, and it's uh, free for the patients. But then you're really kind of like handcuffed to Medicare mm. of like what they say you can and cannot do. But anyway, um, and then you have to prove all these things and make sure it's correct, done correctly, or you're not get paid and all this stuff. But um, so then you have 24 hour number that they can call day or night and a nurse can come day or night. Now, the nurse can't stay there. Right. But they can come out two in the morning, Christmas Day try to fix whatever's happening. Um, I usually, as an admission nurse, try to have medications and things already there just in case, right? So like extra medication that they may never use or if they need it at two in the morning, we're not struggling to order it from the pharmacy, get it delivered, mm. da, 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 da. They already have something there. Okay. So if they call at two in the morning with random pain or sudden shortness of breath, there's already stuff at the house that a nurse okay. can come and help administer and do stuff. Also probably teaching family, like as far as different kinds of, I don't, you know, I'm sure again, case to case, what the differences of caretaking of the person who yes, is on hospice. Exactly. Yes, so we should be doing train. that. You want to try to explain everything, try to train train the family. So you might have more visits in the beginning so you can kind mm. of educate them on how do you change the person while they're in bed if they can't get out of bed, you know? Um, what do you, how do you give the medication? You know, just, to, it, it depends, it depends. But, um, and some hospice companies are obviously better than others, right? So, mm. Um, people can always switch hospice companies, by the way, if you're okay. really unhappy with your hospice company, you can switch. But um, okay. yes, there's tons of education going on. But how do you handle the like mental health side of things when you are seeing or you're around this, you know, death that eventually, you know, is the end of hospice? How, like, how do you handle that? Is it hard for you? Yeah, so... You know, when I was, um, and I was per diem way before this TikTok and Instagram stuff, just FYI. Okay. So it's not like I started doing this stuff and then I, and then I went per diem. I was already, so I'll try not to make this long winded, but I think it's really important. So as a nurse, I'm only, I'm also only happy as a hospice nurse because of how I do it. So I'm in okay. California. Uh, we're unionized in this specific place that I work in. I really believe in nursing unions. It's help my mental health so mm. much with work-life balance, having a union where we can kind of call the shots versus a company calling the shots, um, mm. which is really hard because they will take every advantage they can to run nurses into the ground. Mm. Um, that's what I have seen time and time again. So I work for a unionized company or the, there's a nursing union in the company. So first off, we can kind of say what we will and won't do, which helps. So we don't um, have to end up working, you know, 15 hour days because who else is going to see the patient if we don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So that really helps with my work-life balance, which helps with my mental health. Um, and then I work per diem so I can come and go as I kind of please. Uh, and I if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I still work almost 40 hours a week anyway, because it's okay. a big company and I need money. But yeah. um, but it's still like nice because I can like take a few days off here, a few days off there, or whatever, when I when I want to. Okay. Um so that helps. But then, um, and it was a little harder to do that when I was a full-time case manager, which I have been before. It's a little harder to do that, a little harder to have better mental health because you don't have a good work-life balance. Mm. Um, but even then, I guess it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't, and it still isn't super hard because I believe in it so much. And it's not super depressing because you see so much love really like you see this family who is crying and they are, you know, saying goodbye to their loved one. And that is sad, mm. but it's also like, you have this feeling of like intense love. Mm. Like everyone loves each other so much that they're going to like stay in these emotionally uncomfortable positions to care for this loved one because they love them so much. Mm. Right. And so it's like, sad, but also like an honor and kind of like, whoa, this is what life is all about. Like how much they love this person. So you leave there and it's like, wow, that was, I wouldn't even say sad. Wow. That was emotional, but mm. like, wow, I can't believe I got to witness so much love. Wow. That's what it feels like most of the time. Mm. And the fact that you get to be this person that comes in kind of helps relieve a lot of their fear, helps them prepare for things, helps them not have symptoms, helps them feel better, more comfortable. You know, you feel like, wow, I really helped someone today. A lot of time nursing can feel thankless and not that, I, not that nurses even need the thanks. Right. But hospice is one area where I feel like I really do feel people really make me feel like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like they, I, yeah. yeah. I feel totally appreciated uh, on a daily basis. So that helps too, because people will dying people who are looking at you and being like, you are the only person who has made me feel better. Thank you. You know, it's like, damn, dude, I'm making a difference. That helps me. That makes me feel so good. So I don't, I don't leave there feeling sad. I leave okay. there being like, damn, I'm so happy I could have done, I could do that for you. That you is know? great. I love that perspective yeah. on it. Cause I, I was thinking just like, oh, that must just be so depressing and sad. And, you know, just to even be in the environment of, you know, what your, your job entails, like knowing that this is leading to, to death eventually, but that's a great perspective on it. And I can totally see that and how beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's really beautiful. 
Now, mm. what um, ta- you mentioned earlier, your TikTok and Instagram accounts, which of course is how I found you. So you have millions of followers now. How did that all start? Because that's, of course, very interesting to me how all these, you know, TikTok, oh gosh, right? you know, that is crazy. heroes come through. But yes, what, <laughs> so what happened um, with that whole thing? <laughs> yeah, it was um, like a year and a half ago. I uh, knew I had wanted to do something because I had a couple friends. Um, I mean, I, I've dealt with death in, you know, before, but like, it was like a couple of really close friends who lost their parents in hospice. They, they both died in hospice. And I was helping them kind of help them understand the process and what things meant and, and how to do things. And they were like, Oh my God, I cannot, what would we do with, you know, I just, we just didn't know. We didn't know how come more people don't know this. How come we weren't told this before? And I started being like, wow, I, I'm like, not realizing how many people don't know about death and dying. Um, and they were like, you should start a podcast. You need to tell people about this. People need to hear about this. So they helped inspire me thinking about, wow, maybe I should do something with this. And at first I was going to do a podcast and I got a microphone and everything. And then I was like, oh, this is really hard and I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and I don't know how to edit it. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> so I kind of forgot about it. And then I went home for the first time post COVID mm. or, you know, COVID was still kind of going on, but like, whatever, we were all uh, vaccinated and things like that. We went home yeah. for the first time. And my nieces who are like tweens, they're like 12 and 11 were on TikTok, and I got uh. on TikTok for <gasps> them and we were at home doing dances and I was kind of like making fun of them, for, you know, just kind of yeah. teasing them and stuff. Yeah. And, um, I basically got TikTok to like, watched their videos. And <laughs> then I started watching TikToks and realizing there were people like my age on there, like doing yeah. cool videos about space and right. all types Everything, of shit, right? All the things. <laughs> all the things. And I was like, this is amazing. It's hard not to, I think it's hard not to like it yes. because there's a bunch well, of cool videos. it's educational. Yeah. yeah. And there's some great stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so then I was like, I'm going to do some TikTok videos. And I made some TikTok videos. They are horrendous, I think, uh, in the beginning anyway, because I didn't know what I was doing. But by like the fourth video, one of them took off. Like, oh, like, one, like wow. maybe the fourth day or I don't know what day, but it was like in a couple days. And wow. I remember getting like 10,000 followers overnight. And Whoa. I was kind of like, whoa, okay. And I just kept making more and more videos. And now here I am a year and a half later with like a million and one followers. And crazy. I know. Yeah. So it it really feels like it's taken on like a mind of its own. I kind of just feel like I've never felt something more like in the flow of things, like something Mm. where I really felt like I didn't have to try. Not that Mm. it's bad to try. Right. But like, yeah, but when it just I happens. I really didn't work at this. Like, I didn't, like, mm-hmm. hustle or, like, try to do so. It was, like, it just sort of unfolded and here we are. You know what I mean? And I feel like people are just ready to learn about this, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and because even – and then it went over – and then I just started putting my stuff on Instagram because why not? And then yeah. someone – I think Tank's good news or, or you know, uh, Tank's, yeah. he reposted yes. a video of mine oh. and then I got like 20 more thousand followers. And then uh. one of my reels went viral and then I got like a hundred thousand more followers. It was crazy. And then on YouTube, I went over there and then out and literally 
I don't know. You know how like something must have got posted somewhere. Yes. And, and you never know. <laughs> and I just got like a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Jeez. Do you know what I mean? It was wow. like, and I'm not saying that in a braggy way. I'm saying that in like a, I literally feel like I'm not doing anything. And for some reason people just want to yeah. know the information. Well, so, and I think that that like proves that it's needed, you know, like people obviously are reaching out and whether they see a video that's gone viral or whatever, that's a lot of followers that fast. Yeah. So I think it is a subject that people are into. I feel like you're very natural at it now that you're, you know, in the flow of things where you do good, you know, you, you can make it funny. You're serious at times. Like you just, it's good information. And I do think it's so lacking and I think mm-hmm. it, timing wise and everything, it probably was just perfect when you got on there and started sharing this information because yeah. I do think it's so valuable. And now like after following you and Kay, I'm seeing more of it and I'm like, yay, like good. More people are talking about this. It's not scary. And I see like, I see more on Kay's just cause I'm, you know, so connected to her, but yeah, pe- the questions people ask, like it, I think it's people are becoming less afraid to ask some of these questions because she is very open about it. And and you are as well, but she's very open about her experience. So people will ask her questions and she's happy to answer them. And, and so it, cause even for me, even when I'm talking to her and I I'm her friend, it's like, sometimes you don't know what to say or what not to say, and you don't want to make it awkward or weird or more scary or less scary. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you don't know what to say. Yes. And I think it opens that up more for the kind of, you know, average person out there where, okay, it's okay to talk about it. And I mean, there may be some people that don't want to. And so of course I have to be respectful of that, but, but I think it is neat just in general that it's out there more, you know, it's the information yes. is available, I guess. Yes. And the more I was into it, the more I was like, Oh, wow, there's so many people out there mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing and saying what I'm saying and believe what I believe. And in general, I always just try to say like, um, I, 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 I would just go with like, ask the questions, say the things we're not always going to get it right, but at least I think that's better than not. Okay. You know, it's better yeah. than not. It's like, um, just keep, I feel like, especially people who are dying, right. which we all are by the way, but right. you know, yeah. people who mm-hmm. like know that they're, you know, death is imminent because right. of whatever disease. Right. Uh, I think it can feel really lonely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many people don't know how to show up for that. Mm-hmm. So in general, it's like, I think this helps people understand that like, it's okay, just show up. Like you can be messy. You can, um, and that's what I try to do as a hospice nurse, like be the one person who's not afraid to say the word death, not to say the word dying to make them not get all squirmy when they talk, start talking about like, well, what's it going to be like? You know, mm. cause I think so many people want to go, Oh, don't, 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 don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. You know? And it's like, it's not about not, it's like, no, we can, we can talk about this. We can say we're afraid. You can even say, I don't know what to say. Or I feel, I feel like afraid to say, you know, just starting with openness is always, yeah. Yeah. Just starting with openness it never hurts anyone. Usually right. every once yeah. in a while, we're going to get it wrong. Right. right? right. At least of we course. tried. At we're least human. we tried. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. And, and I would say I would be more on the other side, like fearful because I'm such a people pleaser too. Like yes. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I just won't say anything, but I'll keep wondering about it, you know, rather than, than just put it out there. But I, even saying something like that, Shannon, I'm like, even saying something like that, like that, that's the, that's 
I think truth and honesty, you can never go wrong. If you're like, but that's so vulnerable being like just super honest. Like I'm a people pleaser and I'm so afraid. I mean, Maybe not saying it to the person who's dying, because right, because then we're like putting it on right. them to make us feel better. Right. No, 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 no. But I know right. exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean about like the people. Please, I mean, we're all human, and I think uh, if anything, it just shows how like compassionate and empathetic you are. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, that's true. But, that is true. And I never thought about the aspect of you saying uh, when you said that sometimes it can be a very lonely place for you know the person that is experiencing or or is needing the the hospice care. And like, that's one of the reasons I started this whole podcast was I just don't want people to feel alone. So any subject that I bring to my podcast, I hope is in a way to make someone feel less alone. And so I'm glad that you said that because it's just, I'm just like trying to processing it right now, but yeah, even showing up and like not even saying anything or mm. allowing them just to talk or bringing or helping caregivers. Like, how do we help caregivers? Like picking up kids from school or Mm. like bringing them groceries or toilet paper or I don't know, right? Like just anything, like anything to like take some weight off them, picking up stuff from the pharmacy, like annoying shit like that, that they can't do all the time. Right. Well, maybe, and maybe they can, but it's just an extra challenge. Maybe they can, but exactly. Yeah. It's just taking that much away And I think now too, we have so much available to us resource wise, as far as like, you can order someone groceries in a different state and have them delivered Mm -hmm. to their door or Amazon, you know, we can do anything. There's so many things you can do that even don't have to cost a lot, you know, even send a card, you know, send someone a card or let them know you're thinking of them. But yeah, like we have, we have a lot of access to us where we can very easily help someone out or, and like you were saying, if you're local picking up kids like that's a huge one. Oh my gosh that's so huge like i, I don't even, even have kids and i know that would be helpful oh, <laughs> like yeah. the whole like picking up yeah. and dropping up kids thing oh. sounds so hard it is like and i don't know what it like is a about job. it, it does. i have a i have a neighbor who loves picking up and dropping off my kids she's retired Oh my she's God. Kind of like, so, oh, okay. Go it's ahead, amazing. Ahead, no, she's yes. like, I'm not sure if I would have survived the last several years without her. Basically she's such a big part or they are such a big part of our life, but she loves taking the kids or picking them up. And so I just, I love it. And I'm like, I don't know what is so hard about driving them. And, and yes. we're like three minutes from school. So it's so fast. But when she says, Hey, I'm going to take the girls today. I'm just like, oh my gosh. like, I get so excited. And yeah. I'm like, and I don't even have like, I mean, I do have a job, but it's not like I'm like rushing to get somewhere. Like I work from home. So anyway, it, that would be huge. Help someone that needs drop up, drop off, drop off kids, pick up kids, something, take the kids, do something with kids. Right. And then if you pick (laughs) them up from school, take them out afterwards, you know, take take them for a snack, do something, feed them. I have all of my friends have kids. And and of course, like we love them all and they love all their kids, but it just seems so damn hard. (laughs) Oh yes, it is. It is just, I mean, parenting in general, it's a party every day, every day. (laughs) And with the daylight saving times, you caught me on a real good morning. (laughs) My God, girl, do not get me started. (laughs) 
I why why why? Then it's like, mm-hmm. what time is it really? Like that's that's I what I can remember being little and being like plagued by this. Like, yes. why do we have to go to bed? I'm not tired yet. Oh. Uh, you know what I mean? I actually, hate spring forward. The fall back is better than. Oh no no no! Oh, I actually no no. I don't like spring. Which one do I like? I think I like. I don't like this one. This one's harder, because. You're supposed because it's wait we're going back in time. See, this is what I mean. Yes. Why are we even talking I, about I, this? I know. Why are we even talking about I this? I know. I think this is the one we like better. But I don't like either. I honestly just check out. I just know it's change, and I don't and like it. I'm not good at it. I'm yeah. not good at change. Like I said, no. sensitive. No. Like I when I wake up and my phone has already switched the time, and my other clocks have not. Yep. Mm-mm. 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 Just. In fact, I, I just, my husband probably changed them all because I was just thinking I didn't change any of them. He probably took care of I that just to I don't relieve my stress. To, that's amazing. I don't know how to change the one on my stove. I need I to. Mean, Poor us, right? It's time to accept Listen it. To I mean, this problems. is some real problems here. Yeah. Real problems. I mean, here Acceptance we are. Acceptance is the answer to all right. of my problems today. I'll leave you with that. There yes, we go. That is the advice Acceptance I need. Acceptance is the you. answer. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. Anything else you have to share with the audience that we haven't already talked about just like about hospice in general or advice for caregivers. You've, I mean, I feel like you've shared a lot already, but anything else that stands out to you that we haven't talked about? No, I feel like in general, we uh, did a good job covering a lot of things. And I think if anyone has, you know, if this has sparked some curiosity, mm-hmm. it's like, just go check out uh, hospice nurse, Julie on um, TikTok or Instagram. I'm on Facebook too, Facebook, YouTube. I think TikTok's the easiest way to kind of filter through the videos. Cause there's mm. like playlists on top of the thing where you can kind of filter through. So you can like, look, it's easier right. to find things, but um, not everyone's on TikTok. So yeah. So, but if not, just go through my videos and I talk about all, all types of death and dying and palliative care and hospice and different diseases and just trying to normalize all of it. Just trying to normalize it, change the way we look at death and dying. I want to change the way because it doesn't have to be this taboo, scary thing. Um, it can, and it's okay to be afraid. Right. But that's the whole point is like, we can be afraid and still talk about it. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Mm -hmm. We can talk through the fear. Yes. Um, and then you do have your, you do lives as well. Uh, do you have your lives available on YouTube, Instagram? Is there a place or. So YouTube, I've been doing a lot more lives on YouTube lately because you can record them and then put it up as a video and rewatch it. I do lives on TikTok as well, but, um, you but can't, can't go back and watch those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing more lives on TikTok. or I'm sorry on YouTube, on YouTube. Okay. At least okay. once a week I do a live on YouTube and then it's recorded and up on my page. So you could always go back and look at that. Perfect. So if people are looking like for a perfect subject or whatever, that's great. I think that's yeah. nice sometimes to be able to watch a little bit longer form videos, um, for some of the, you know, for people that are really interested in this. Yeah. But I do, um, appreciate so much. You just kind of sharing, all of this. I do rapid fire questions at the end oh, of my interviews. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a book that you would recommend to listeners? And it can be a fun book. It can be an educational book, whatever you would like. Um, Barbara, anything by Barbara Carnes with a K. They are not fun, but they're really educational and they're perfect little pamphlets that I think are perfect for anyone who had someone in hospice. Anything by Barbara Carnes. So good. What is the best compliment that you've ever received? I know. Um, 
I think just that I have, uh, okay. The one that sticks out in my mind right now is a woman who said I was, uh, I mean, I I just think when anyone says that I've helped them so much, or I've been the Mm. only, I mean, it sounds kind of egoy, right. But like the only person who has really helped them understand Mm. or someone, you know, anyone, uh, who says something like that, which, which really like, is my true honor. And I've been, and I, and I hear it a lot. Right. And so it's like, wow, wow. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, something about that where I've, I've just that I've really, really helped them understand something or made them feel better, you know, usually pertaining to something around death and dying. And I love that you're just reaching such a huge, you know, amount of people now with the social media and everything. It's not just tied down to the people you work with, um, you know, directly, you are helping such a wide range of people, I think, become educated on this. And I love that, like you were saying, you see other people talking about it. It's just like, okay, it's making it more, I don't even know what the word is. Like normalizing. Yeah. It's normalizing like death and dying. Like you're saying it's a, yeah, we can be afraid, but we can talk about it. And are you writing a book yet? I feel like you need to write a book. Um, so yes. I am writing a book. Yay. Oh my god! I'm technically, whatever. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I'm technically, we haven't announced it yet. All the things, things are still in under contract and all that stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yay. I know. Okay. So that'll be my favorite book sometime. Yes, <laughs> sometime will. later. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> yeah. if I miss when it comes out, you have to contact oh, girl, me and you let won't me know. miss it it's gonna okay. be all i'm gonna just talk about it non-stop so you're okay. not it's gonna be hard to miss okay good okay good <laughs> thank you julie so much for being on my podcast this is such an honor to chat with you and to share all this valuable information with my listeners and i just i just am so grateful that you chose to spend some time with me today i feel honored so thank you so much same. Thank you so much. I feel like I've known you forever. It's been I so fun. Know. Yeah, it's been so fun. Thank you. Thank you all for joining me for another episode of the Shanty Pants Show. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me every week. You can find all of my links to all my social medias anything your heart desires at shantypantshow.com. You can even find my amazing merch is back up and running there. And you can email me from there. All the things, all the things. Also, you always ask, how can you help me out with this whole podcast situation? You can subscribe to my podcast. You can leave reviews. You can share it with friends. I appreciate it all. So I am super excited to bring you guys the rest of the season. It's going to be amazing. And I'll see you next week. Don't ever silence your voice. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.